win big in 2021 with Rotoballers NFL Premium Pass. Are you ready to dominate your fantasy league? Well, Rotoballers NFL Premium Pass includes draft kits, rankings, projections, and cheat sheets for all formats. Get exclusive draft articles, DFS tools, lineup optimizers, and premium Slack chance. Join in on the winning and take 50% off. I don't know how long that's going to be around off of any premium pass. If you sign up now with promo code Andy, that's promo code Andy, A-N-D-Y, standard spelling. I love fantasy football. I've been grinding out on Roto Ballers draft kits, looking at their projections, doing a lot of mock drafts. I'm feeling good. So if you want to win your fantasy league too and get all these tools for basically no money, head on over to rotoballer.com, sign up for Roto Ballers NFL Premium Pass and use promo code Andy. Let's get to the show. All right, I am joined by Kenny Kim of the Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast on the Mayo Media Network and a bunch of other things. Kenny, how's it going, man? Good, man. Also, GupsCorner.com. Can't Gups- forget the sponsors. Can't forget them all. <laughs> how's it going, man? I know you are, uh, you're joining me on this Tuesday morning on your lunch break from work, so I greatly appreciate your time, my friend. Yeah, I've, I've been getting used to doing these in my car. I do. I have done a couple of other shows uh, during my lunch break, so I'm definitely getting used to it. <laughs> well, I appreciate once again you uh, you taking the time to chat a little fortunate with me. Uh, I'll quickly ask you, man, how is your very long and grueling off season, and how do you feel about the PGA Tour starting back up again? Too soon? Would you like a bigger off season, or were you kind of itching to get back into golf by the end of last week? I mean, I'm heading into year seven of this, uh, year six or year seven, something like that. So a longer break would definitely be nice. Uh, you definitely don't have them. Uh, and you get that little month, uh, three weeks in December, but even that's not enough. Like a couple month break would be nice, but that's not part of the game. We, we go ahead and we do it every week we can. So uh, we're here and we keep on running and we keep on doing it. I agree. I think a longer break would be, be nicer for us, but at the same time, I'm also very excited to get back into this tournament, which is, I am referring to the Fortinet Championship. It will be held at Silverado Country Club in Napa, California. It's a par 72 measuring 7,166 yards. The greens have a a blend of POA and bent, narrow fairways, but the rough isn't very penal. I already have done a full breakdown of my thoughts on this course already, Kenny. So I will kick it to you, man. What are you kind of looking for this week in terms of course fit? Yeah, I mean, good wedge play, uh, definitely. Comfortableness on Paul West Coast putting. You know, uh, longer off the tee doesn't hurt. Uh, we've seen guys who are pretty long fare pretty well. I mean, it's not necessary, uh, but it definitely helps out because the thing about it is, you know, these, these fairways are narrow but they're, and they're tree line, but the tree lines, the trees aren't really bunched in like your typical East Coast course. Yes. More sporadic, a little bit more room. If you do hit it in there, try and guide it through uh, something low and punchy uh, to get to these greens. You know, you're not going to have too far to reach these greens. Uh, if you hit a driver, you're going to hit it in a tree. So 110, 125-yard punch shot, even if you miss. And if you're hitting the fairways or just missing the rough, there's about a 10-foot first cut uh, from the edge of the fairway. So if you just miss... I mean, that rough is basically nothing. I mean, it does depend on how firm uh, the greens are. Johnny Miller does want this to be a major course. 
uh, at some point in time. I'm sure he wasn't too excited about the uh, minus 21 score last year. He does have some say and some pull on how this course is set up prior to the event. Uh, so I would expect him to try and keep it firm, try and, you know, try and make it a little bit more difficult. Uh, we'll see if that happens. Though. Usually it'll just depend on the wind uh, in that area. If that Napa wind uh, gets going a bit, it could lead to some uh, higher scores. But if not, you'll see a bunch of birds. Okay. I agree with you completely, by the way. I think I was a little surprised when I went through the uh, the course and and kind of see, I know it got up past 20 last year, but but prior I was kind of surprised to see how not crazy and out of hands the scores were. And I think a lot of that has to do, as you mentioned, is it can get windy, it can get a little bit firmer and faster. And the greens do have some undulation, as you mentioned with Johnny Miller. He did try and uh, create like an Augusta-like feel to this course. I don't know if he totally succeeded at that, but I, I know that's what he was going for a little bit on the greens. Let's get into the odds, my friend. We're going to, I'm going to give you the guys below 25 to 1 on DraftKings Sportsbook. John Rahm is currently 300 uh, plus 350 on DraftKings yeah. Sportsbook. Webb Simpson is 14 to 1. Kevin Na is 16 to 1. Hideki is 22 to 1. Zalatoris is 22 to 1. And those are all the guys below 25. I guess we should first talk about John Rahm, and I I assume that you are not betting that number, but will you be using Rahm in DraftKings at all, or is he a fade for you completely? Yeah, I'm not going to bet him, but, I mean, he'll be my highest owned. I, I don't see any. I mean, the thing you got to realize about him, you know, if he's playing a tournament, he's playing for a reason. He wants to win. He only has one win, technically, one win uh, in, in the last, you know, 13 months on the PGA Tour. Uh, I know he is the best player in the world, but that's not a lot of wins. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. uh, he probably wants to add on uh, to that, and you know, especially being uh, maybe a little bit added motivation, not getting the Player of the Year award, uh, Cantley winning that. But I mean, I think if John's coming out here to play, he's coming out here to play. He's the best by far uh, in this event, and so in DraftKings, I will be using him. I'm not betting him. Um, I think a lot of what people will do when it comes to DraftKings, and I don't think any of these numbers are bettable. Uh, in in this beginning, I'm I'm personally going. I think I got like one thirty five to one, one sixty to one, and then I'm going like seven bombs, ninety to one or, or yeah, greater. me too. Uh, me too. That's how I'm betting uh, the event this week. When it comes to DraftKings, though, I think in cash, especially, I think it's going to be popular for for people to go ahead and grab two people in this upper range. Um, I'm going Webb and Nah. Uh, I think Webb is ten eight, Nah is ten k. Uh, I'm rostering them uh, in my cash lineup. They will be one and two. I'm going to start off with two guys in the 10K range because the win equity is definitely higher uh, for these five guys than anyone else. But numbers-wise, I just can't bet it. Okay. I'm play- I'm glad we're on the same page there with Webb and Nah. I- I'm playing both of those guys in DraftKings. I think, the- I think as you mentioned, the numbers are – a little I mean, I I've I've seen you can kind of shop around a little bit and and I think not at in kind of the twenty-two range is maybe a little bit more palatable for me. But yeah, I, I think it's I, I think the one thing I think about, Kenny, and I'm interested to get your take on this, is I and I made this point with Pat last night, but I actually think that sometimes elite players um their advantage gets mitigated just a little bit on a course where Everyone has their wedge in their hands and every and it can turn a little bit into a putting contest. And that's why I think the strategy of 
taking a bunch of bombs. I just think the playing field is a little bit more leveled on easier courses. Like I said, like the difference between, you know, Kevin Na's wedges and Cameron Percy's wedges are not as great as you would think, but the difference between John Rahm's three iron and I don't know, Roger Sloan's three iron is absolutely massive. And these better courses and more difficult courses tend to weed out the best players, whereas easier courses tend to level the playing field just a little bit, which leads me to be a little bit more, uh, take on a couple more risks farther down the board. I agree, but I mean, the thing you've got to realize is there are going to be maybe at least six approaches over 200 yards. Par fives, uh, a yeah. Day. You know, you got the four par fives, you got the two par threes that are over 200. I mean, that's a third of your strokes, a third of your approach shots every day. And Rom is number one for 200 plus in this field by a wide margin. I get your point about the wedges. It does make sense. But I mean, I think he could be so well and dominate these par fives. I mean, he's, and the thing is, what, looking back at past stat models for this event, Par four scoring is super important, even though it is uh, only 10 of them, I think, in the course. Uh, it is par 72. He's number one in this field by a wide margin in par four, number one by a wide margin in par fives. Uh, I just think, you know, th- he can bomb it out there. I mean, he's not short. We know that. He can hit it out there on on, on the longer par, on the par fives and the long par threes. He's going to have an advantage there. I, I think he can easily just run away with this tournament. Now, def- I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet through plus three fifty on it, but on DraftKings, I think he's worth it. Yeah, I think that if uh, if Rom plays his best, uh, there is no undeniable belief that he should win this tournament. Um, I think he can play his B game, probably still win. Yeah, that's probably fair too. I, I I think that's probably fair too. Do you have any Do you have any concern about? the motivation of like, if, you know, if he starts out with a one or two under par, he'll kind of spend a little bit more time with the wife in the vineyards. I mean, it's possible, but I mean, you can't really, you <laughs> can't really judge that before the round starts. I wouldn't expect him to start out poorly, but if he does, yeah, there's definitely a chance, but I mean, uh, that's not the way I'm thinking about it when I'm rostering. Okay. I feel you. All right. So let's get into the 25 to kind of the 50 range here. You kind of alluded to earlier that you were starting kind of in, in the thirties range. Who, who in this range do you like? We got guys like Tringale and Hoffman and Varner and Munoz and Champ and Leishman at 45 and Mito at 50 and Siwoo at 50 and Grio at 50. I got Harmon. I got Hoffman at 35. Uh, that's my lowest number bet 35 to one the guys you know he's been playing good golf at the end of the year i mean really really strong player uh towards the end of the year his game has sort of been on an upswing since the middle of the season last year uh, his iron game is extremely strong and of course that's what's going to be one of the more important things here uh for the week and i mean uh so i'm a big fan of hoffman even his wedge game has improved tremendously and you know he's always been good with the long iron so he should be able to succeed on those par fives and the long par threes uh, so I like Hoffman. Uh, I think it seems like a win is sort of due for him uh, after the way he played the back half of last year. And I don't mind 35 to one for him. The other guys in this range, I'm not too uh, enamored with. I think Munoz, I think I'm, I think he can make a good pivot uh, from a popular uh, Harold Warner the third when it comes to DraftKings. A uh, guy who just makes, you know, a ton of birdies uh, all the time. Uh, what's Varner's number? What is it, 40 to one? Yeah, Varner's forty to one. 
I think he's more worth a bet than a DraftKings player. Because, again, he's been playing well also. Uh, but, I mean, like 20% Chalk Varner usually doesn't end up going very well. Do you think he's going to be that high on? Because, again, I was, talking, I, I was talking about – yeah, I was talking about it with – Pat yesterday and we both kind of agree and I like Varner this week. I he was actually the guy I did bet at 40 to 1, but I do think at 9100 he is overpriced and I Varner tends to garner more ownership um often than he should because he's just a guy that people like playing, but I thought that he was priced high enough that maybe it would be a little bit down. I'm looking currently on Fantasy National right now. And again, it's still relatively early in the week. We're recording this on a Tuesday morning. And I it's not a tournament. Ownership projections are going to be a little bit harder to navigate this week because I, I don't think they're with us competing up against the NFL. I don't, I don't know how many people are going to be grinding with lineups before. I just don't know if this is going to be a bigger uh, week with golf. There's only 720 generated lineups so far in the Fantasy National database. But what's really odd about it is the Varner's like 12%. They have Munoz at 30% and Rom's at 40%, which it seems like it could just be completely skewed by a couple guys that are high on those guys that are building like 150 lineups each. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I usually wait till end of the win, end of Wednesday night. I mean, Gup does a really good uh, ownership projections on our site. So I usually wait for that. I mean, if he's on, if he's not going to be that highly owned, then he's definitely worth playing. I would have to say, I mean, the guys were playing good golf, a couple top 15s here to end the season. But if he's chalk, I'd, 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 I'd avoid him. I w- I'd love to get your take on, on Mito because uh, he, he seems to be, from a betting perspective, he seems to be very popular in the betting market. His actual, it seems like that is not necessarily going to translate to DraftKings in terms of ownership, but it seems like a lot of people are very interested in betting Mito this week because of the upside. What are your thoughts on Mito? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I, he just doesn't – he hasn't really done too much on tour. I don't know. I mean, I know he won the three to, to get the automatic uh, advancement uh, to the PGA Tour. But, I mean, he had like a couple of good good events. And then after that, it was just sort of downhill. Um, it might be worth it. I just, it again, it's going to be depending on ownership there. But, I mean, if you look at uh, his numbers from the Corn Ferry Tour, I mean, it's not, or actually, actually, on the PGA Tour, uh, in his in his few events that he has, it's not like astronomically great. Uh, you know, I mean, he's like, you know, in twenty two recorded rounds, he's like fiftieth in stroke skin approach in this field uh, in the last, you know, but that's only twenty two rounds out of fifty. So I, I, I get why he's popular, but you got to remember the last person to do uh, the three win qualify was Wesley Bryan. I don't even know if he's has his card again, again anymore. I know he won a couple of years ago. Maybe he still has it from that. But uh, I, I I go more of a wait and see. Now, if he starts playing pretty well, I mean, you know, he can he can win. He has those three wins on the corner for this past year. But I, I don't know if he's popular. I'm probably avoiding as well. Okay. Well, I'm kind of jumping. I, I happen to be in the same belief as you, by the way, with Mito. Are, are you, I'm kind of jumping around here, but are you playing a lot of Corn Fairy guys this week? Or are you kind of, as you alluded to, taking a little bit more of a wait and see approach? Because for me, I, I 
rely heavily on the data. And when I see these guys come in and I just don't have a lot of data or numbers on them, uh, I glitch out a little bit and tend to be more comfortable waiting on them. And if they win or play awesome in one of their first PGA Tour events, I'm usually pretty comfortable pretty comfortable being later on them. Um, I'm playing a bunch of these guys. I mean, Taylor Pendrith is going to be on my cash lineup. Uh, he's one guy that I'm keeping an eye on uh, this season. Length off the tee, uh, really good on par for scoring, uh, makes a ton of birdies. I'm actually confident enough to use him in cash uh, this week. Uh, also, uh, what's his name? Chad Rainey. I mean, his the way he has been playing on the Corn Ferry Tour with like, I don't know, like 15 out of 18 events in a row, top 20. Uh, hasn't missed a cut since early April. Uh, I mean, I, I'm on him too. Uh, Uline has a little bit more experience uh, on the PGA Tour, but I mean, I'm going to roster Peter Uline. Uh, Davis Riley at $6,400 seems cheap for one of the better amateur players out there. Uh, you know, in the past, and you know, doing his thing when he went when he graduating the Corn Ferry Tour and getting on, getting his card. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely playing a fair amount of guys. Uh, from the Corn Ferry, and on the on our podcast uh, last night, we go over a, a bunch of them. Uh, if you want some info uh, on these Corn Ferry guys, okay, I am glad that you brought up Ramy. You might have Ramy was somebody that I I found very interesting, and I was kind of looking at a little bit deeper because he's seven thousand dollars on DraftKings, but he's seventy to one in the betting market, which I found very strange considering all of the guys that he's surrounded by in DraftKings pricing are like are or in the betting market are like a hundred and fifty to one. Um all yeah. those seven thousand guys are hundred and fifty to one and then Ramey's kind of just sitting there at seventy, which I found a little bit odd. So yeah, I, I'm glad to hear you talk about him a little bit more and how great he's been on the uh on the Corn Ferry tour because he wasn't he was somebody that stuck out to me just uh in terms of like, oh, this seems kind of strange that there's this giant discrepancy between his uh his DraftKings pricing and his odds in the betting market. Digging down a little bit lower um and kind of not necessarily uh before we wrap up with getting into some of the bombs over 100, but in this kind of 50 to 100 range, um, is there anybody that, that has your attention? Uh, I mean, I'm going to play um, uh, Pendrith is 90 to 1. I'm betting him. I like Pat Perez. What's Perez's number? So Pat Perez, he's 60 to 1 on DraftKings. I also, be- I also bet Pat Perez. I got him at 90. Yeah, I like Pat Perez a lot, especially on DraftKings as a pivot uh, from Mito. Uh, from Gooch, who could be both popular plays this week. But, uh, I mean, if you like him too, I know a lot of people, I know Tyler like Perez. Maybe he's going to be a little bit more owned than we think. But I, I like I like Pat Perez a lot this week. I mean, you saw Sick win this event last year. Older guy, Perez, trending upwards. Iron game's been stronger here recently. Um, so I like Pat. I mean, this seems like a perfect place for him too. Drink some wine at night afterwards with his, you know, with his you know, Playboy model blonde wife and, and get to the course and do his thing. I mean, I I think this is a great, great setup for Pat Perez. I'm totally in on Pat too. I think that, first of all, he's done, he's been incredible in the fall series. 
Uh, he tends to play great on these uh, resort courses, whether it's at like the Mayakoba or in Vegas or here. He's played well here before. Um, he just tends to really thrive in these birdie fests. He's really good on par five. So, and he's hitting the ball great right now as well. He just gained like over five strokes on approach in a much better field at the Northern Trust. So, Pat Perez is absolutely a bet for me. Before we get into some of the longer guys, Ken. Let's take a quick break to talk about Thrive Fantasy app. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this football season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. With Thrive, you can eliminate countless hours of research and focus only on the top tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. You get to choose 10 out of the 20 available player props to build your lineup for NFL. For PGA, it's only 5 out of 10. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. If you hit the most props, you rack up the most points, and you win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has over $140,000 guaranteed in prizes for NFL Week 1. The contest that I will be playing in is Thrive's featured 100K guaranteed contest. That's only $20 to enter, and first place takes home 20K. But if you use promo code Andy, that's promo code Andy, when you sign up, you will receive a 100% instant first deposit match up to $100. So once again, come on over to thrivefantasy.com, download the Thrive Fantasy app and use promo code Andy for a 100% instant first deposit match up to $100. Let's get back to the show. I think, yeah, I think, uh, I'm sorry, Andy. I think one, I did forget one guy. Go ahead, buddy. I did bet McNeely at 60 to one also this week. Okay. I love McNeely. He played college golf at Stanford. He's a California guy. He's got a beautiful family home on Pebble Beach. I like the McNeely play as well. Is there, uh, let's see, kind of now we can open it up, Kenny, to, oh, actually one more guy that I want to talk about that I want to get your opinion on real quick. What do you think about Gim this week? I bet Gim at 90. Yeah, I bet Gim at 90 also. His iron game hasn't been great towards the end of the year, but a little bit more difficult courses. Hopefully this course will play out a little bit better for him. I mean, he's one of the worst putters on tour, but he's actually gained strokes on POA throughout his career. So if they're, you know, if his, if his iron game get back to what it was mid-season where, you know, he was missing every cut, but gaining three to four strokes with his irons every for the first rounds of every event and losing like seven on the greens. Um, if, if he can get back to that iron play, uh, I think he can make some noise. What's interesting about Gim, too, is as you have alluded to, he's kind of made his hay on the PGA Tour as an iron player. And while they haven't been as good lately, two things. A, they're getting better. So he kind of he's lost on approach in three straight starts, but each of the starts, they've gotten a little bit closer back to even. So he's, he's trending in the right direction. And while the approach has really fallen off for him a little bit over the past couple of weeks, the off the tee has been awesome. Um, which I think we both are in the same camp that you can really dominate this course off the tee and have a leg up if you are able to drive the ball well. And Doug Gim has 
clearly really found something with the driver. He had his best off the tee measured week, actually, of his entire career, most recently at the Northern Trust, where he gained five strokes off the tee. And that came in a much better field uh, than this one did. So I really love the upside with Gim. I'm using him in DraftKings as well and betting him at 90 to one. Once we get into the 100 range, Kenny, I know you uh, alluded to uh, a bunch of bombs that you have. Who are some of the guys that you're targeting kind of down closer to the bottom of the board, not necessarily even just for betting, but any guys that you think are kind of lower on the DraftKings pricing that you will, that you think are going to have a good week and you will be using. Yeah. Bramlett seems like one. I mean, he just won that corn fairy tour final. So he has a win under his belt has to be riding with a little bit of confidence in there. We know that his iron game is always strong. He's been sort of like the, the model darling uh, when it comes to, uh, when you when you make your models, he's always higher up, and now he has that win under his belt, 130 to one. Uh, I like that number, uh, and I like him at 7,300 dollars. Uh, he's made a bunch of cuts in a row, at least three or four, on the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, so I, I am a fan of Bramlett down here. Uh, I think Hank the Tank at what was it, 110 to one, 7,100 on DraftKings. I mean, he had that stretch where he was playing unbelievable golf, and it hasn't been too far removed from when that actually happened. Uh, I like him uh, at that price. I like Patrick Rogers, you know, the California kid. You know, I think I got him at 110 to one as well, 7,000. Uh, he's one of my cash game cornerstones uh, this week. Uh, you know, he's made a bunch of cuts in a row, four in a row here. He finished six here. Uh, the first year was played. So he has some good experience. Always a better California poet putter. And the one thing about him that I like is his uh, approach game and his uh, tee to green game has been positive. I think for maybe six of the last seven events, that's normally not like him. Uh, he relies on a putter a lot, but his tee to green game has been uh, improving a lot better. So uh, I like Patrick Rogers. I love Patrick Rogers. Pat was like viscerally angry last <laughs> night when I uh, when I tried to sell him on Patrick Rogers. But I'm with you completely. There's something about the West Coast and Poa with Patrick Rogers. He's another one of those guys like Matt McNeely, where he went to Stanford. So it appears that he's familiar on POA and kind of in this area, he just always seems to play well. And he, unlike some of the other, he, he's great off the tee and for the most part, a, a pretty good ball striker. But unlike some of these other guys like uh, that I tend to play always as well, like a, a Luke Liss or a Kyle Stanley, Rogers has that kind of spike putting week in his back. He actually gained over seven strokes putting twice in his last seven starts. And one of them came at the U.S. Open on the West Coast on tour at Torrey Pines, where he gained over seven strokes putting the last time he was on POA. So I absolutely love Patrick Rogers. The other guy that I would throw out, Kenny, that I'm kind of all in on this week is Dylan Fratelli. I'm going to use him. He's 7,500 on DraftKings. He's 100. I got him at 130 to one, um, which I believe is still available right now on DraftKings Sportsbook. But the thing that I like about Fratelli is, and I know that he's not going to pop in anyone's model, really, because he just hasn't been consistent enough. But also keep in mind that he did finish fifth at the Masters and he did finish fifth at the British Open in the last year. And we don't have numbers from either of those in, in our databases because they don't have strokes gain data. But the thing I like about Fertelli is 
he has two very specific skill sets that I do believe will play very well here. Um, he's long off the tee and he's a great wedge player. I actually was looking at over the last 36 rounds, kind of going through just at a completely elementary level, just dumbing down like, okay, who's long off the tee and awesome with their wedges. And the only guy, there are two guys. And one of them is, is one of your big guys that you're high on. Um, there's only two guys in the entire field that are top 40 in all of the proximity distances between 75 and 150 yards and driving distance. And it's Charlie Hoffman and Dylan Fratelli. Yeah. Uh, didn't Fratelli have a good finish here last year? Oh, he's played great here. I think he's gone like seventh and 25th and two starts yeah. here. I can get, I can get on board with that. Yeah, so I think Fratelli was kind of, uh, he was the other guy that I was really looking at in terms of an outright in this range. Anyone else that we haven't touched on a little bit in terms of kind of some more bombs? There are some guys like 200 plus that I that I had some interest in. I bet Cam Percy at 220 to one. Uh, yeah, I bet Lipsky at 200 to one. So, so I did bet Lipsky. Uh, the good thing about Lipsky, um, really strong par five player. Um, I actually bet him top 20 also, uh, plus 650. So I sort of like him uh, this week, who, who, who plays well with his par fives. You know, T to green, he's definitely above average when it comes to the field. Uh, good enough birdie maker. I am a fan of Lipsky this week. Okay. I love it, man. Anyone else that we haven't touched on? Um, before we do a bit of a recap, my friends. Uh, no, I think I think that's pretty much good. I mean, you know, check the corn fairy guys, and, and I think some of them will be able to make some noise this week. You know, think about these young guys nowadays that are coming into it. They have no fear. Uh, they come in, and a lot of them start winning right away. We've seen it over and over again, uh, like the Hovlins, uh, the, the, the Neemans. Uh, now, I don't know which of these corn fairy guys are going to be able to get to that range, or if any of them will be, but... I bet you at least a couple will. Uh, so you just pay attention to these corn fairy guys. I like Taylor Pendens a lot. I think he could be someone who's who could be strong on tour. I think Ramey is the same way. I think uh, Svensson, uh, Adam Svensson. I'm a fan of these Canadian younger young guys. Also, maybe Ty Tambo's rubbing off on me uh, a little bit. But uh, yeah, just keep an eye on these corn fairy tour guys. Is it Taylor Moore or Taylor Pendrith who is has been like awesome off the tee? One of them, Pat was. All over. I can't remember. I can't remember who was more or Pendrith. I think they're all Canadian, right? Yeah. Well, Pendrith is the one that's a bomber. He can hit it. Far. Okay. He can pound it. Uh, I'm not 100 percent sure which one Pat was talking about, but I like Pendrith a lot. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I think I was kind of going back and forth with um, what people are going to do with these Corn Fairy Tour guys, and I think that for the most part, they will be a lot lower owned because they are unknown. And if you kind of do the legwork, um, you can really find a leg up um, on some of these guys. And so I think I probably need to get past my stats biased and kind of, I think it's worth taking a chance on some of these guys, especially in DraftKings at lower ownership. You kind of, you mentioned the key point here, which is like, and I'll never forget this quote from Kevin Kisner, where they asked him in a press conference and he's like, do you mentor some of the younger guys on tour? And he's like, mentor, what the fuck are you talking about? Like these guys are ready to win now. They're completely fearless. It's not like it used to be whatsoever, where there's this giant learning curve when you get onto the PGA tour. Of course it is a big adjustment. And you do see guys, obviously like Matthew Wolf will, 
we'll talk about how much of a struggle it is, but for the most part, like these guys are fearless. They are ready to go right out of the gates and uh, they kind of are attack these courses so well early in their career without kind of worrying about all of the things that kind of come with being a, a long veteran on the PGA tour. So I like that, Kenny, let's do a quick recap. Just real quick, real quick though. I mean, on fantasy national, they do have rudimentary stats from the corn Ferry tour. So you can get an idea of how these guys have played against each other. So, I mean, you know, another reason to check out fantasy national. FGD is the promo code. Uh, yes. If I remember correctly, Tyler's always the one that, that, <laughs> that says it, but yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Hey, yes. Go check out fantasy national. I love fantasy national. I'm all over it. I talk about it probably they're they're my statistical database that I use primarily. And obviously I, I talk about it every day on the podcast. Okay, Kenny, let's do a recap. I'm going to tell you the guys that I bet on, and then we will, uh, we'll go through yours and then we'll get out of here, buddy. So I'm in on Varner at 40. I'm in on Ches Reeve, who we didn't talk about, but I, I, I bet Ches Reeve at 70 to 1. I have Gim at 90, Perez at 95, Fratelli at 140, uh, Patrick Rogers at 160, and Cam Percy at 220. Yeah, I'm going um, Hoffman at 35, uh, Mavic at 60, uh, Patrick Rogers at 110, Doug Gim at 90. Taylor Pendrith at 90, uh, Hank the Tank at plus 110, and Bramlett plus 130, and then, you know, Superflyer on Lipsky at plus 200, plus the uh, top 28, plus 650. Kenny Kim, everyone, Fantasy Golf Degenerates, Gub Quarter. Kenny, thank you so much for joining me on your lunch break in your car. I really do appreciate it, man. I'm excited to check out your uh, show with Tyler that I know you guys dropped it last night, right? Yep. It's out already. Yeah, we, okay. we, we go over all of this and I actually go over my rules to follow at a strip club as well. So it's sort of funny. <laughs> okay. Beautiful. I, what was, I, I feel like I saw a tweet where you, you made a joke about watching the Solheim cup at it wasn't a strip a joke. club. <laughs> it wasn't a joke. I was at the strip club. I went on vacation. Uh, it was a company retreat during, during Labor Day weekend. And you know, we like strip clubs in our company. Uh, so we were, we were headed out and we had a late flight. And so we, um, we stopped by a strip club before we went to the airport and it was the middle of the song cup. And I love that type of competition, the team match play, uh, team competition. There's nothing on the line except pride. Uh, I, I don't know. Something about that just really gets me fucking going. Uh, and so I was watching and, and, and the women were playing and it was, it was, it was competitive. And then, so I was on the stage, I was sitting on the stage, girls were dancing, doing their thing, spinning around on, on the poles. And I had my, I had my, my phone lent, leaned up against my water bottle. And then uh, I was actually watching the song cup. So the manager comes behind me, put my hand, puts his hand on the shoulder and looks down at my camera. He thought I was recording the girls dancing on stage. Uh, I was not, I was watching the Solheim cup on my, on my phone while watching, you know, and then watching the girls during commercial breaks It's basically what I was doing. Uh, and he, he looked at me and said, this is definitely a first. Uh, I've never seen this before. I was like, I, I support all women, all women. So, 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 so he didn't kick me out. He let me keep watching it. And, you know, I threw some dollar bills on the stage and kept, kept watching the song. It was fun. Were, were you on the U.S. side, unfortunately? Did you bet it? I mean, I, I always want the U.S. to win. I didn't bet it. I mean, 
I did bet. I've already bet the Ryder Cup, and I've already bet the Euros. Okay. Uh, I probably should. I'll probably bet them again. Uh, I'm going to root for the United States. You know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm an American. I'm a Korean American. I'm going to root for them. Now, President's Cup. I, there's a lot of Koreans on there. I might go international, but uh, I want to root for the Americans. It's just, it just disappointed so much. I don't know. I, I need, I need to hedge life on that one. And, and if they lose, at least I can win some money. Okay. All right. Yeah, that makes sense. I think I, I'm going to do all my Ryder Cup. Uh, stuff next week and i haven't really made a decision yet whether i'm gonna go i'm going I mean, to the if, you, if you look at if you look at the you're going yeah i'll be there oh man that's awesome that's so yeah. sweet man yeah uh, that's definitely bucket list stuff for me i, I definitely want to go uh I, I think i'm gonna try and make the president's cup in montreal uh again another strip club laid in city so <laughs> so yeah I, I think that would be a fun trip so in a couple of years i'll probably head on over there yeah, I've heard Montreal, what is that, 2020, is that 2020, 2024? Okay, yeah, it's back to now they have the President's Cup and it all got mixed up because the Ryder Cup got delayed. Um, but all yeah. right, any, anyway, buddy, one more uh, one more time quickly. Uh, we already mentioned FGD, but plug everything uh, where everyone can find you this week. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. You know, I answer questions there all the time. You know, my DMs are always open. Uh, you can, I write my article for gupscorner.com. Uh, you know, you can go ahead and check me out over there on uh, my course preview, stats to look for, uh, you know, strategies, usually out Monday evening. Uh, Wednesday afternoon will be my favorite GPP play in every price range, final betting card. And then, of course, check out the Fantasy Golf Degenerate show on YouTube or any type of podcast uh, that you want. Pat's done uh, re- really nice uh, letting us join his network. So, uh, you know, we do we do our thing there every Monday. Uh, so make sure you check it out. Kenny Kim, thanks so much for joining me, buddy. All right. Thanks, Andy. That's it for the show, guys. One more time. Thanks again to Kenny Kim. Thanks again to Rotobar. Thanks again to Thrive Fantasy. And I will be back next week breaking down the Ryder Cup. You can follow me on Twitter at ADP Lack Sports. Follow Inside Golf Pod on Twitter as well. We'll see you next time. 